Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Welcome to the I Work For Him Show. I am Jim Brangenberg. Today we're talking about transformational servant leadership, and we have author and professor Dr. Janine Perolini joining us on our show today. Dr. Janine, you're a repeat guest. I'm so glad you decided to join us back on the I Work For Him Show. I am, and thank you for having me back. Hello, listeners. Yeah, welcome to Tampa Bay. I suppose the weather today is slightly different than it is up there in the frozen tundra of Minnesota. It's perfect today. It's going to be in the 80s all day today, all day tomorrow, and all through the weekend. We are blessed. Yes, you are. And what is the mosquito report up there? Oh, zero. Oh, come on. What? Whatever. If there's one thing I don't miss about the frozen tundra, it's the mosquitoes. And I know because you guys had enough rain for Noah to build an ark this spring that you've got a lot of mosquitoes. You have to have a lot of mosquitoes. Well, if you're going to call us the frozen tundra, I'm not acknowledging the mosquitoes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, would you like to review the weather from this past winter? I rest my case. Okay. I go a long ways back to Minnesota, and I miss it. I miss the cold, the snow, but I know my wife doesn't. So, all right, Janine, we didn't didn't bring you on the show to talk about the weather, but I am so grateful that you called in today to participate and talk about your incredible book, this book that every leader in the workplace, in the church, Anywhere in the world, they need to read this book, Transformational Servant Leadership. It is a, it is a, I would just like to say it's a revolutionary book. I, I love it. Thank you, Jim. 
No problem. That 25 bucks, you can send that in the mail. No, but seriously, that book is so, you know, it's a simple book. It's not a, it's not a ridiculously long book. You didn't write a dissertation with it like you did in order to get your, the doctor in front of your name. You made it simple so that guys like me can understand it. And I'm a simple guy, so I, I love that. But before we get talking about your book, I really want my listeners to hear how Christ has impacted your life. So if you just share that first, that would be great. Well, as he's promised us in Scripture, he is—he has been the way, the truth, and the life for me. So I'm doing things in my life right now that I never, ever imagined I would, and that's all because of God. The things I get to do and the people I get to impact is all because of him. So he showed me the way. Um, I grew up in a non-Christian home, and there were things that weren't necessarily spoken truthfully to me. And so God has shown me the truth in my life and given me freedom. And he's also brought me life. He showed me that life is not about power, position, money, and material things. Rather, he's shown me that peace and joy come with following him. And even though I need to engage in life, by putting him first, I find true peace and joy. Mm, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, now you're not only are you a business consultant, business advisor, you're also a professor at Bethel. Co- is it Bethel College or Bethel Seminary up there in St. Paul? It's, it's Bethel University, and we have oh, a college I fr- and I fr- we have a seminary. I didn't know they got upgraded to university. I'm not sure what it takes to get upgraded from college to university. But when I grew up there, of course, it was just Bethel College. So now it's Bethel University International, then, or what? It's, it, I'm sorry, you said what? <laughs> Bethel, you know, I was being funny. Bethel University International or something like that. So it's, it's, Well, we do have international students. You need to come up to the frozen tundra more, Jim. I, I am looking for it. I am trying to schedule a trip for January. That's when I want to go. I want to go up there when I can snowmobile, ice fidge, go sledding, go skiing. That's when I'm going to go up north. All right, so you, yeah. wrote, you wrote this book, Transformational Servant Leadership. What prompted you to write this book? Well... It was ultimately a God prompting that took place in several stages. First, my dissertation was on the topic of distinguishing between transformational and servant leaders. And then I found within myself a a hunger for what does it mean to be a healthy, God-honoring leader? And then God prompted me with the point that really bringing transformational and servant leadership together would make a leader a healthy, God-honoring leader. So... It really became a matter of obedience that I write that book. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. In other words, you would not have been able to sleep had had you not written the book. I, I totally get that. It, it was getting that way. <laughs> so on on Monday this week, we've all we focused all the shows on leadership. On Monday, we talked about the concept of humility as it relates to leadership, and had a great conversation with the uh, president of Clearwater Christian College and the president of Impact Leadership right here in Tampa Bay. On Tuesday, Martha and I debated back and forth on our top five traits of a great Christian leader. So today our topic is focusing on this transformational servant leadership because I, I this this speaks to me because we need these kinds of leaders. So let's let's dig this out for our listeners. Let's let's dig this out. What is a transformational leader? Well, a transformational leader at the core is a collaborative moral leader that is a good visionary and can and can move a team towards its vision and goal. Wow, a collaborative moral leader with vision. 
Well, that was a lot, just in case you're wondering. Okay, so if I, I, okay, so let's, let's dig that out a little bit. Okay, so a collaborative moral leader, so somebody that's going to work with other people, not just lord it over people. So they're, they're, exactly. they're, they're going to work together as a group and moral, meaning that they've got, they understand the difference between right and wrong and they're going to operate in the right side. So describe, can you give me an example of, 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 a, of a transformational leader that maybe many of us would know here today, you know? Well, world. I would say on the one hand is is Mother Teresa. Okay. Uh, I know she's she's not with us, but certainly the impact of her her ministry and her profession is she was she was a leader that could lead a group of people towards a moral outcome that was that people were better together than they were apart, and she moved people toward a better life and a better outcome. Better together than they were apart. I like that. Okay, so that. That's powerful. So the, the transformation leader is going to bring people to a collaborative moral leader with vision that's going to bring people together because they're better together than they than they were apart. I'm just trying to restate that so that I make sure that I get it because you know, I, I, I learn <laughs> I learn slowly and I'm never going to get my doctorate. So okay, so when you look at Mother Teresa, transformational. When I hear the word transformational, I'm thinking they transformed something. You know, that that was their goal, to take something from what it was to where it is today. They transformed it. It looks different. What did she do? Well, I think the thing that we're trying to transform as transformational leaders is the heart. Ah. So individual people have hearts. Groups have hearts. Organizations have hearts. So what we're trying to do as a transformational leader is move a heart from where it is to a better place. And that's what she did. Hmm. Yes, she touched a lot of hearts. She touched the hearts of the poor. She touched the hearts of the rich. I mean, she really was very good at really reaching out to everybody. I mean, there really isn't anybody in in the no. I don't know. I suppose there are some people in the known world that didn't know Mother Teresa. But boy, for the most part, she was well known. And here's a woman that really she owned nothing. Uh, she sacrificed everything, and she picked people up out of the gutters and, and tried to feed their hearts so that they would see that they had value in the, in the eyes of the Lord. I mean, she really fed into people. Yes, and it's not that we have to do it the way she did. It's not that we have to give everything we have up. It's not that we have to go to the poorest of the poor. But wherever God calls us, how do we help move people's hearts forward? As we do each and every day, I'd like to highlight a book that I believe will impact, make an impact in your life and this, sponsor, this section is sponsored, as always, by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. And I'll send you a copy of Dr. Janine Perolini's fantastic book, Transformational Servant Leadership. That's the book we're highlighting today, and I'm not going to do a whole lot on it because we're going to talk about it for the next 45 minutes. So here's what I want to make sure you do. Call into the studio line to get a copy of this book, and make sure you read the book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, you are, we are back with the I Work For Him show, and I've got on the line Dr. Janine Perolini. Janine, did you hang on with us through that long break? I am here. That's fantastic. I don't know if you noticed, but we had a brand new sponsor on the I Work For Him show today. We call them Business Referral Partners, and that's Most Insurance. And they're, they've been with us for almost 16 months, and they've jumped on to be on every day on the I Work For Him show. So I want to thank Eric Most, Bob Most, and Craig Most for being part of the I Work For Him family. All right. 
Dr. Janine Perlini. Janine, let's talk about, we talked about transformational leader, what a transformational leader was, and it was a collaborative moral leader with vision that help people recognize that they work that they're better together than they are apart and it deals with the heart of the individual and the heart of the group and and you used mother teresa as a great example of that kind of a transformational leader so let's talk about a servant leader give me an example of a or let's talk about what is a servant leader describe a servant leader for me well a servant leader is a person who cares about the individual person and they show that through listening through empathy and through helping people to move forward in their individual their individual skills, their individual gifts and individual talents. But and, and so how are they doing that? How does that demonstrate it in leadership though? I mean, the cares about individuals that could describe many different people. They listen that can describe a counselor. Um, showing empathy that could, you know, describe a mother. Um, helping people move forward or, 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 or use their skills to move into a different position. How how does that play out in leadership? Well, I think it's really important as a leader that we are able to listen to people and understand what their needs are, what their interests are, what their purpose is, how they want to contribute to our organization. When we can get a hold of, you know, the the top one to three things that that person is interested in and needs, then we are more likely to be able to motivate them and empower them. But without knowing them personally, without listening to them, caring for them, and having that kind of empathy towards them, we're not likely to be able to motivate or empower them well. So really what you're saying is a servant leader takes time to get to know the person. They really not just know their name, not just know their spouse's name, not just know their kid's name, but to know them, to understand where they're coming from, where they have come from, maybe even their love language, their personality type, so they can really dig deep to understand them. They're taking time to know the person so they can draw out of them what is best. Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. And and they because they get to know the person, they're able to show that person that they're valued. They're able to uh, inspire them to do work that's exciting to them. And they're able to help them maneuver through the organization. Without that getting to know the employee process or that person in your organization, you're not going to be able to do that. And that's when people get stuck and they want to leave our organization. Okay. All right. So we got a transformation leader that, that that you said the example, great example of that was uh, Mother Teresa. Who's a great example of a servant leader? Somebody we'd know today. Well, I'm thinking uh, of another one of my favorites who just recently passed. Uh, I think he's both a transformational and servant leader. I'm thinking of Nelson, Man- Nelson Mandela during his presidency, though, specifically during his presidency. If you watch the movies about his life, he really cared about the people that, that worked with him and that were close to him. He got to know them, and he tried to help them move towards uh, healing processes of forgiveness. And so he, he got involved with them. He listened to them. He had empathy, and he tried to help them move forward within his, his regime, within, within his, uh, you know, his, the organization he was setting up, and within their very own lives. Hmm. Yeah, and he's got a great story. There's a lot of good movies out there about him, just to describe uh, what, I mean, very, unless you lived it, most people just don't understand what was going on in South Africa, that's for sure. All right, so we've got... No, it's we've amazing got, what he did. Yeah, it really, it really is, and he spent how many and, years in prison? Now, 
And one thing for us to keep in mind is that he wasn't always the best person <laughs> along the way, but he continued to grow, and, and his imprisonment really had an impact on his heart. That that's where his presidency was an amazing, um, um, amazing experience of, of transformational leadership through him. Hmm. Okay. All right. So transformational got- servant transformational servant leadership. Well, now, it's okay, so let's go ahead and transition to that. Okay, so we've described a transformational leader, we've described a servant leader, now let's describe a transformational servant leader. Well, that would be a leader who combines both. This, this leader is focused on being a collaborative visionary that brings moral purpose to the group, and they care for people along the way. So, chances are most of us have experienced one or the other. So, Many times we have really good visionary leaders who are out ahead of the group, and then and we're behind because something's going on. We're not quite caught up with them. So somebody can be a really good visionary leader and, and be an okay leader, but we're talking about a leader who's both transformational and servant so that even though they've got vision, even though they're moving people forward, they also know how to, how to step back and really care, get to know the people that are contributing to the vision, they're able to empower them, motivate them, listen to them, include them in the vision. So they're, they're doing both. They're doing both vision and care for people. Hmm. You know, I was thinking about that as, as we're in preparing for today's conversation. And as we've talked about leadership all week long, one of the things we discussed was that every person on the planet is a leader to somebody. And there are some people lead poorly, some people lead well, uh, and there's, there's leaders at all different kinds of avenues and areas across our globe. But one of the things to me that is so powerful, the people at the top of big corporations, at the top of big churches, they're not doing day-to-day stuff. Really, their most powerful skill is the investing in other people below them. Now, and I say below them on the the chart of uh, on the corporate uh, people chart, uh, mm-hmm. but but investing in them and drawing out of them the best things that can be drawn out of them, building perpetuation plans, succession plans. That's what really good leaders do. And in order to draw those good things out, I mean those the people that are running corporations and running churches are not. They're not doing the spreadsheets. They're not doing the, you know, they're not typing board memos. They're investing in people. We hope so. (laughs) And I think that's really where the problem lies, doesn't it? It can, yes. It can, because they could be investing in people in some of the ways we're talking about, or they could be just pushing people to get a task done. Well, and I think that's sometimes sometimes that that's the difference between a a stock owned corporation and a privately owned corporation. In that the stockholders may be driving strictly for profit, and so all of a sudden people not always sometimes people get uh, you know diminished in value, and then uh, sometimes that happens in a in a you know single owned company a. a non-publicly company. I have a hard time with that today. I did not have any caffeine either, so I don't know what my issues are. Okay, so you describe in your book a, a, a desperate need for leaders who are willing to become the best leader to which they can aspire. And I want to start that conversation before we get to the bottom of the hour. Why do we have such a... Why is there a desperate need? Well, we have a de- desperate need because there is so much broken trust and confidence today due to the moral failures of leaders in our country and in our organizations. 
So, you know, we, we are still coming through this economic and financial collapse. And, and that, when you look at it, it's really a result of self-centered leadership. It's really the result of leaders who thought about themselves and they took advantage of situations and were highly immoral. And you know what? They impacted and hurt everyone in our country in some way. We've all experienced a sense of loss financially or economically because of what these leaders did. And so I think the American people, and even across the globe, it's affected us, you know, this broken trust and this broken confidence has caused us to question, can we really trust our leaders? Yeah, you know, and that and that is true because I'm you know I've often thought that boy it'd be just great if we could just just get them all out of Washington just as a start, and then just start up with all brand new leaders who actually have us in mind instead of themselves. Right now we've described a servant leader, uh, we've described a transformational leader, which was a uh, collaborative visionary leader with moral that's leading with moral purpose. That, and a servant leader is somebody that cares for people along the way. And we're talking about a transformational servant leadership that combines both of those. So a collaborative, visionary leader with moral purpose that cares for people along the way, all in one piece. Did I summarize that okay? That was a mouthful for you. <laughs> it really was. I had to write it all down, though, just so you know. All right. We talked right before the break. You just have no idea. When I walked out of that college campus at Mankato State University in 1987, I threw my books in the garbage, and I said, I never want to go back to higher education again. And all I've done is read and study since then. Oh, how I, I could probably have like three doctorates, I just as long as I don't have to write about it. All right. Well, you should come to my class, because I want to give you a different experience. Uh, I I would really like that, except for that 1,700-mile <laughs> commute. It just would be rough. It really would be. You can take it online. <laughs> take it online. At, at, I imagine that's – is that still Bethel.edu, or is it what, – what is your website? Yes. It is Bethel.edu. Yes. Bethel.edu. It's been Bethel.edu for a long time. Okay, so we were describing right before the break – uh, the desperate need for leaders who are willing to become the best leaders to which they can aspire. And we were talking about why do we have such a desperate need? Just let's repeat that before we move on. Well, there is so much broken trust and confidence because of the moral failings of leaders, and especially the ones that have led to the more recent economic and financial collapse. It's, it's affected everybody. So we all feel it. And I, you know, a lot of people don't think about it. And there's certain parts of the country that were affected less by the the economic impact. And but I got to tell you, Florida, certainly the area where, where we live, was impacted monstrously because of the mm-hmm. mortgage fraud, because of the real estate fraud, because of the appraisal fraud, because of the bank fraud, because of the government regulations that said let's give a loan to everybody, regardless of whether they've got a credit status to even be able to borrow a on a potato. Let's give them a let's give them a home loan, and, and foreclosures were. I mean, our counties have been in recession since 2006. And they're still just coming out. There is new building here. Things are better today. But it was rough. And all of that leads from, all of that comes from leaders who compromised all of their moral standings in in honor of the almighty buck. That's a very good example, Jim. 
Uh, just, and you're, you're probably you're probably hitting the hearts of your leader, your listeners, right there. We've all been impacted. You were right when you said we all been impacted. We've been impacted. I wish the only, the only thing that was not impacted in our county was the traffic. Unfortunately, uh, the traffic was not impacted. But it, it 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 was amazing. I mean, there were worth at one point in time fifty thousand homes in foreclosure in this area. It's just, mm. a stat, and there are still now. Most of those homes have been bought up by the Blackstone Group, and uh, I mean these big groups out there, and, and they're renting them out now. So in five years, they're going to dump them all in the market when they, they're worth more money. But which is great. That's they had the cash. Let them do it. But well, it's, and think about that, Jim. Fifty thousand homes in foreclosure. That's fifty thousand American dreams that yeah. have been lost. Yeah, and it's a, it's staggering. And a lot of them just gave up. They moved back home. They moved back up north. They moved back out west. Yeah, it, it just, they had to leave. And all because of failure in leadership. And and I think it's important to understand. Yeah, most people could tell how I lean politically, although this is not a political show. This was not a failure of Democratic leadership. This was not a failure of Republican leadership. This was a failure across the board within our political spectrum and a failure across the board in our Corporate spectrum. It, it was beyond greed. It was stupidity, and it impacted every one of us. So instead of focusing on the negative, let's 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 move positive. We're, we're talking about the kind of leaders that you observe. So let's talk about some of the really cool leaders that you observe in the country as you move around and do consulting. Well, I I think one of the one of the most important traits of the coolest leaders I observe is humility. Um, Humil- and and, and I, I share this for the listeners as well. You don't, you don't have to be a big corporate executive to be a good leader. You can just be a good leader right where you're at. And those leaders who are humble, so they're willing to learn and they're willing to grow, they're willing to try something new, those are the most exciting people to work with because they have a foundation of being open and available to whatever God wants to show them. And, and that, that is fun. And I, I get to see leaders like that all the time. So would you say that's one of the key traits of a great transformational servant leader is humility? I think that is a major trait, yes. I love Philippians 2 that talks about Jesus' humility. It's one of my favorite passages on leadership. And so, yes, humility is a significant trait. Because, you know, you don't have to be born a great leader. In fact, we're discovering that you know, even if you're born with significant leadership skills, you still have to practice and you still have to find ways to experience your skills and use them. So you still have to let it play out. Well, when you have humility, whatever you haven't been with, whatever you don't know, you have opportunity to still grow in. So you can learn any of this. You can it just really takes that that humility, that willingness to learn and grow and try something new. All right. So, what are some? Give me another key trait to a, the the making of a great transformational servant leader. Give me another trait. Well, I think the ability to build trust, and trust is two things. I've studied trust. It's it's following through. So, as a leader, when you say what you do and you do what you say, that helps people to build trust in you. If you break trust, if you don't follow through, what, what is important to do then is to just communicate what you said you were going to do, what was expected of you, and apologize for not following through and explain why you didn't. And then come back and make it right. Pick it back up and try to make it right. So that, you know, that aspect of trust building where you say what you do and you do what you say is a huge part of being a good leader. 
The second part of building trust with people is showing them that you care. Um, none of us are ever going to be are ever going to feel cared about by a person who's only interested in their own agenda and interest. So if if we come across as leaders as though it's all about us, what we want, what we care about, our agenda and our interests, people will not trust us. So we have to be the kind of person who shows what that we care about other people and what their interests are, what their needs are as much as our own. So we need to take into account our own interests. I'm, I'm not telling any of us as leaders to give up our own interests or our own needs. We can't. We'll, we'll burn out. But... It's, there's a balance to it. We need to be aware of what we want and need, but we also need to show people that we care about what they want and need. And that builds trust, too. Well, what you're saying, though, is that a leader can't operate in an environment where he's going contrary, he or she is going contrary to their core values, because it can't operate in an environment that doesn't coincide with what they believe is a core value, correct? Well, uh, I, I think... Jim, to be honest with you, probably many of our listeners probably are operating in places where they're going against their core values. So I, I think at times we can still lead, lead in the right way and do good work for God, and we maybe are in a place that doesn't fully agree with our core values, but we can't give up our core values. See, I can hold to my core values no, no matter what. Nobody can take away my principles and values, um, it, 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 and I can live them out even in environment that lacks principles and values. And I've had to do that in my life. I've been in organizations where I've had to do that. Yeah, it's it's so, tough. It, that, it's definitely tough. Okay, so the top two traits of a great transformational leader, humility, being willing to learn, try new things, uh, Philippians 2 kind of guy, kind of gal, uh, and the ability to build trust and follow, by demonstrating follow-through. All right. We've been talking about transformational servant leadership with Dr. Janine Perlini. She's not only an author, but she's also a professor at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Janine, thanks again for hanging on and sticking around for the whole show today. You're welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me again. All right. We talked in the last quarter hour just about some traits of great transformational leaders. We said humility was a key trait, the ability to build trust. I really want to get into name for me so that people can start to identify with people that they know. Name for me some some transformational servant leaders today that are out there and known in the public. Okay. Well, I think that one um, organization that seems to be doing this well is Southwest Airlines. So they they are a team of leaders, and I haven't I haven't been to Southwest, but from what what I understand from them and some people that I've known that have interacted with them, they, um, they really do have good vision that they want to involve their employees in, and then they really do want to show their employees that they do care about them and that they value them as people. And so I think they seem to have, as an organization, as a team, they seem to have both going. And they make flying fun. I can tell you that I have flown with them because they, they're in the South, and, and they do make flying fun, as opposed to the old Northwest Airlines and Delta, who make flying feel like you're getting your eyes poked out with hot needles. <laughs> well, the other thing I like about Southwest, too, is they seem like they lead as a team. So, you know, I mean, none of us can be a perfect transformational servant leader. There was, there was only one of those. You know, so we really do need each other. I mean, I need people around me who can 
bring the skills and the natural talents that I don't necessarily bring to transformational servant leadership. So we, we need to work as a team to really be a healthy God-honoring leader in this way. And I think I, I like that about Southwest. I think that's what they're trying to do is lead and work as a team. How about another example? You got another example from today? Well, I... I <laughs> I do, but it's not somebody we know. But I, I've that's been okay. That, that's fine. Well, people, people can research that person online. So go ahead and talk about it. Well, I, I've been working with an organization, and there is there is a leader within that organization that I see her leading as a transformational servant leader, and she is she is actually getting ready to retire. She might be listening right now. She knows who she is, and um, I just I see her really bringing vision, and I, she really cares for her employees. Well. She does both very well. So that's one person I can think of, of a CEO of a, um, a, a an insurance organization. I think I can think of three transformational servant leaders that I just love working around at Bethel. I'm so thankful because I really do think that we try to apply this model. You know, our private schools are going through a lot of difficulties mm-hmm. these days. It's hard financially for us and what we're facing. And I see our leadership trying to lead in this way as transformational servant leaders. And so I get to work around three gentlemen within uh, Bethel University that I would say are that. And I, I will do anything for them that is within reason. Sure. Yeah, I will. I, I, they motivate me. I'm inspired by them. I enjoy working with them. And so, um, I, you know, I get to see that in my, in my day-to-day experience there. All right, you you hinted in just a couple minutes ago about the perfect transformational leader. There's only been <laughs> one. Who would that perfect transformational leader be? Well, my favorite is Jesus. He is the only perfect transformational leader. And, and why do you say that though? Well, you have to get the book and read it to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you mean your book or the Bible? Which one are we talking about? Well, those two could go hand in hand if you want. Sure, absolutely. I wasn't sure which one you were re- referring to. <laughs> that was a good question, Jim. It convicted me. Um, I say that because he. Wait, is, you didn't answer the uh, question yet, though. Sorry, so I'm going to oh, redirect you. Which, okay. You were talking about the Bible, I'm assuming. Or were you talking well, about I your book? Well, I talking about my book, but okay. you're right. It convicted oh. me. I should be talking about the Bible. Okay. <laughs> We'll get both. We recommend that you look at the scriptures and the gospel so you can see about Jesus' transformational servant leadership and then Janine's book in order to be able to have it put into really great words in order to be able to build a good picture for you. And there's a lot of Bible in my book. so Yes, there is. Okay, so going back to why do you say that Jesus was the perfect transformational servant leader? Well, he, he had the most powerful vision to change people's lives and make them better. And so not only was he an inspiring moral visionary, um, he, he was able to collect the disciples as a team, train them, develop them, move them forward towards the goals. And then guess what? They were actually able to even take over leadership when he, when he left this world, um, as he was. And then he was also so caring. I mean, as you study the Bible and you see how Jesus cared for people, I and mean, he was very nurturing, very caring, very empathic, very compassionate towards people. Sometimes he healed them first. Sometimes he taught them first. Sometimes he gave them food first. But he, he was very giving, very loving, very tender, very kind with people. 
And, you know, there's times in the Bible where you see he wasn't necessarily uh, so so kind, but he was still loving because certain people, like the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the time, that he needed a challenge. And he loved them enough to be very upfront with them, um, truthfully, about how their lives needed to change. So, so Jesus modeled an inspiring vision that was very moral to change our lives. And he cared for people really well along the way. Yeah, and and so so he fits your whole model, and and I you can't even you can't really argue with it because if you look at you know what Jesus did is he did just what I said he he was a leader that didn't worry about the details he worried about the people he was building a perpetuation plan he knew he had twelve guys and he knew that one of them was going to be on the outs by the end so he had eleven guys to invest in and he invested in three really heavily and the rest of the eleven uh, on uh, on a lesser heavy manner but those 11 guys changed the world based on how they experienced jesus based on the fact that jesus christ came to show us who god was and lived that out i mean we had we all had this the 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 jews had uh, uh, they were struggling with the vision of who god was and, and god came down and showed us who he really is mm-hmm. and then when jesus died for us then the disciples were like, that was a real down moment for him. And then when he rose from the dead, they're like, everything he's been saying makes sense. And their lives were... Yeah, and, Go ahead. Oh, and let me frame it this way. Um, he came first. My model came second. So my model fits him. It's well, not that he fits my model. The model fits him. He came first. He did what he did. I happened to exegete the scriptures and also look at theory and my model came after him. <laughs> I, I do recognize that he wasn't following your model. I, 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 did, I did figure that part out on my own. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that part I did figure out. You know, it's, it's a fantastic book, and it's, and it's a topic I think you could talk all week long on, but really being a transformational servant leader, let's just summarize that one more time. It's a, it's a collaborative visionary leader that's driven by moral purpose, but that cares for people along the way instead of stuff. Stuff. They're not caring about widgets. They're caring for the people, and because they invest in those people, they're drawing the very best out of uh, out of an organization. They're they're bringing that's, the best that's out of the organization. Well said. Widgets okay. don't come first. Tasks don't come first. People come first because they recognize the need to love God and love other people first. But they get work done. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's you right. Know, you can say you can say, "Boy, I'm sorry you had to experience this," or "I feel that for you." But we got to move forward here still. And a leader who can balance both and do that, they're a transformational servant leader. That's right. All right. As we come to the end of another I Work for Him show. Next week, we're going to be focusing all of our shows on Christian women in business. It's a topic that I don't know, a lot of people don't talk about, and I just want to, I've got biz, Christian business, Christian women business leaders coming on to talk about their experience in business. So on Monday's I Work For Him show, we've got Donna Clute, who's the executive assistant to Saul Pitchon at New Life Solutions. She's going to be talking about her role and her experience within that organization. You know, the I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace and supporting the vision of I Work For Him on today's show was Most Insurance. Eric Most, Craig Most, Bob Most with Most Insurance. They're commercial lines and personal lines. They can take care of your business insurance as well as your auto, home, and life insurance. 
Check for their links on my website and also on their website, mostins.com. And on, on, on the I Work For Him website, you can find all kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and all kinds of recommending reading resources for incorporating Christ into the workplace. Janine, thanks for being part of the show today. It was a fantastic discussion. Thank you so much, and thanks to our listeners. Too. And we'll bring you back again. Maybe next time we'll do it live from the Twin Cities. Who knows? That would be awesome. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.